Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm having technical nincompoopery going on. Uh, as our co-host and guest can attest to, I'm in my Max Headroom phase. That's a joke for the old folks. <laughs> yes. So Rick is faceless today. I mean, he's always faceless on the podcast. All of us are because you're not watching us, but... Right. Yep. <laughs> it's just the voice of God today. <laughs> I'm on the God mic. As you can hear, we got Chelsea back on the show and it's always great when she's able to join us. Hello, Chelsea. Hello, Rick. How you doing? Well, I think we just heard. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties, getting over illness. You've heard me say it before. I hate the monkey. How are you? I'm good. I um, I am not having tech issues, and I am not sick, so I'm two to zero with you, I guess. That means the show can go on. <laughs> and we're welcoming back to the show one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, I'm going to just say it right now. She's a rock goddess. She's a singer, songwriter, uh, forcer. She's Zuzu Mansa. How are you, Zuzu? I'm doing great, Rick and Chelsea. It's good to see you too. And thank you for having me. It's been too long. I know. I know. You've been a busy lady bopping around the globe, rocking everywhere you can go. And then you're like, I want to talk about smile. I do. As soon as I saw it, I thought of both of you for some reason. I don't, I still, if you ask me why, I can't really, I can make up an answer, but it we've haunted you, is what it is. Yeah, it did. It did. I was like, oh, I wonder what they would think of this one. Cause you have to understand, I saw it in Dolby Sound, which I'll get into later, but that was the only movie I've ever seen in Dolby Sound. And I'm so grateful I did that because it was just an option that night. It wasn't like a choice. And we were on tour in Columbus, Ohio, and we had the night off. So we all went. So what's it like to be blinded with science in Columbus, Ohio? You know, uh, CBUS is a special place and um, it's good to be blinded by science in, in, in Columbus. Again, that's another joke for the old people. Oh. <laughs> you're not an old person, stop. Yeah, but how many other people remember that song? Unless you're playing Grand Theft Auto. And, oh, and, I and make, Grand Theft Auto. Is it and, in Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, and then you make the Thomas Dolby connection. Oh, Blinded Me by Science by Thomas Dolby. I didn't get the reference. That's what oh, happened. Okay. I was slow on the reference. <laughs> I just can't help myself. <laughs> so what was it about this movie that you're like, I, I got to come on the show. The tour's over. The year's over. We got a little bit of break. Let's talk yeah. with some friends about this one. Well, I think two things. First of all, I started seeing signs for it on tour in California, mostly when we were in LA. I kept seeing these signs. So this was like, what, the first or second week in September of last year. And I kept seeing these signs over LA that were like super high up over the other signs that that were like just this like sinister smile and terrifying and the movie was called smile and i remember thinking at first like what a dumb name for a movie because that's how judgmental i am i was like every time i don't know why but we passed that sign so many times and every time we passed it i just kept looking at it and i kept being like finally i was so creeped out by it i was like hey you guys you want to go see smile when it comes out that's like our our last tour of the year we'll be out at that time and actually it was like the middle tour because i kept breaking up into threes but um but yeah, um, they were all like, yeah. And so it kind of slipped my mind. And then when we went to see it, I was like, we were off that day and I found this theater that had Dolby sound. And I thought, I want to go check it out, check out. So, cause you know, I, I really pay attention to the music and movies probably because I am into music, <laughs> but like just how the music adds to like the whole energy of it. And especially a horror movie. Like if I, I went to a whole like explanation by this guy of an orchestra of the psycho soundtrack, you know, because mm -hmm. like that, it really affects, especially horror. So I, I was like, let's go see it in Dolby Sounds, a couple extra bucks. And they all were into it. And we, I went with the whole band. And um, so the soundscape of the movie, to be specific, and also the way it was shot was so offsetting um, from the beginning. Uh, I, I, I guess the best example I could give is the one shot that completely goes upside down before anything really 
happens happens i mean something happened before that but not to the effect that you you understood the depth of why it happened it's just how like kind of like there was like a lot of metaphor in the in the filming of it as well i really love the way it was filmed i watched it again just to like review because it's been since october since i've seen it so i did too gotta refresh yourself yeah i'm totally refreshed and i was like man the way it was shot the storyline but i still think the soundscape and the the way it was shot was like the most it it really made you jump like so many times and it was horrific like it just walked a line with some of the scenes to being where it was for me a little intolerable but like like it wasn't like it but it was the way it was the context of the story where some of these things happened you know like even the very first scene am i allowed to like spoiler alert we're gonna spoil the fuck out of it okay and cool it's, it's um, been out a while so the very first death, right, where the girl like slices her face and then goes, mm -hmm. I couldn't watch that because like, you know, I'm a throat person. I don't like throat deaths, um, which is a weird thing to call it. But um, once she got past a certain point, I was like, done watching. Well, you mentioned uh, uh, before we started recording that you were watching uh, Friday the 13th in the theater yesterday. So that brings it all kind of full circle. Because when Chelsea and I saw this in the theater, she let me know that uh, the, the lead actress, Sosie Bacon, is the daughter of Kevin Bacon. And you saw him get an arrow through his throat in the movie <laughs> yesterday. So it all comes together. You, you will never be free of throat deaths. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because I, I, I went with Travis and Brianna, or both in my band, and I texted them. I was like, do you realize they were all throat deaths in that movie? Like, I just was, I couldn't watch it. And like, I could watch it, but then I was like, you know, as soon as the throat thing happened, I'd be like, nope, <laughs> like the one twist. I was like, uh-uh. And um, and uh, Travis, I think, wrote back, not all of them. There was an ax to the head. And, you know, he had to go into specifics of what I, you know. But I said, generally, a lot of throat deaths in Friday the 13th. As a singer, anytime you hit this part of the throat to me, it's just, it's so unprotected. And I get freaked out by it. And that's the only reasoning I can think is because I'm a singer. Because otherwise, I don't know why I'm terrified of throat deaths. But you can decapitate somebody. I don't mind that. But don't. Don't go right for the throat. Like, don't. Ugh. Anyway, it, it, it's it's you, you gotta be creative with your kills. Um, and in watching this movie again, um, I like how right by the beginning, uh, when when Sosie's character meets with her boss, uh, played by Cal Penn, who kind of tells her, you know, go home, take a rest. You're working too hard, and she's about to leave. She leaves her office. Her phone rings. There's that close-up of the phone. <laughs> and she comes back in and picks it up. She could have been scot-free if she just... <sighs> Listeners, you can't always grind yourself to death. You need to take some, some self-care, and that's the way you avoid these fucking... Uh, I don't even know what you'd call the demon on this. Yeah, I think, too... Um... You were talking about the shot of the phone and when she answered it. And if you remember right before that, the doctor had asked her, like, were you here last night? I don't know why I remember this, by the way. Um, but were you here last, you, or uh, something about were you here last night or did you leave right at, at the end of the workday? And then it's like her leaving the office, right? Do you remember this? She's leaving and then there's a shot, it goes close up on the phone and it's ringing and there's like all of a sudden there's some light on the desk. Like I see it very visually and um, she comes in and you, I, I mean, I couldn't tell if it was the next morning or if it was the same night. And I think I, I my theory is that that happened because so much of what happened later in the movie, you don't really know if she really answered the phone when the security called and then she didn't, or if she really did, and but it didn't happen. And there's so much of that that happens in the movie that kind of mentally like destabilizes you. At least, at like me watching it, I'm like, well, did she answer it really or not? Or is she just imagining that? Like, is she have a mental, is she having a mental breakdown or is she really being haunted? You know what I mean? And I then- saw... Oh, you know, go ahead. No, that was kind of like, it, that was like the first time that happened for me. Cause I was like, well, what happened? You know, I was almost frustrated. Like, well, did she answer the phone like mm -hmm. at night? Like, cause we still don't know why that was relevant or maybe I missed why that was relevant or, but it's like that little 
worm in your brain the whole time going like why did that happen like what did that mean yeah there was one uh post i saw the other day because i i rewatched it uh this past week to refresh my memory but i so i've only seen it twice and i didn't notice this either times i think it was her boyfriend texting um who was probably one of the most useless people to ever exist i'll just go ahead and say that yeah yeah yeah, one of in one of the shots of the text as you know you have that little circle at the top if you have a face or a face a picture for that person if you have a face if you have a face (laughs) don't but it's good right sometimes you just don't have a face but um if you have some a profile picture for someone assigned on your phone, you know, that face pops up and it's just a picture of him. And then they go back to the shot and he's smiling. The picture is him smiling. And I, I never noticed that. that. I'm gonna have to look Ooh. it up. I'm 99% sure it was text from the boyfriend um, where the face changes. So so I'll find it. And I was like, oh. Okay. Again, with the, like the little seeds of, is this insanity? Is she making this all up or is this really happening? So I, I appreciated everything you did. I did not notice that. So yeah, uh, Lauren Weaver, who's played by Caitlin Stacy comes in, she's complaining about seeing this entity. It's a mental hospital. So clearly uh, Rose is played by Sosie Bacon is trying to ascertain what kind of ailment there is. And all of a sudden, Laura just freaks the fuck out, starts screaming, everything's calm. And then there's that smile. And here's the thing that's weird, uh, but I love it, is that how do you get someone, anyone, any actor to portray a really malevolent smile? Because you know, then you get a smile, you're trying to convey something with your face of, of, of friendliness, happiness, welcoming, but to do it in such a manner that just, it screams malevolence. There's a, I think that's gotta be the thing that was rehearsed the most in this fucking movie, to be honest with you. The smile? Yes. Oh yeah. It's hard to get a smile like that. You know, yeah. I mean, I think too, like I, what I liked about the movie, kind of like going back to that first question was, also that not only with the smile which was obviously the main thing but like throughout if you look at the settings of the rooms there's like this vibe of safety and that's when things happen right Mm -hmm. there's this vibe of safety and um attention like focus on detail like I, i when i say focus on detail i think of um, do you remember the scene where she nothing's really like she saw the girl in their kitchen, right? That kind of happened. Then the cat's missing. And that night, I think it's maybe I'm running out of order, but that night she's listening back. And only because I do my music on my computer. So she's like listening back with the headphones and you're, she's really focused and she hears a whisper. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. And yeah, if you that's... notice, the shots just keep getting closer in on the, the laptop and the image of the vocal line. You're like, I don't see anything there, right? There's no bump. There's no, but there's some kind of weird whisper subtly that you're not even sure if you hear as the watcher. And um, I, it really was obvious in the Dolby sound more so than I watched it here. But I, I was just like, it. he kept refocusing further on that. So you're, you're you as the watcher, like focusing and then the entity comes on her side and screams it in her ear like rose you know and she just jumps across the room but i felt like that happened throughout the movie is this feeling of like either he had you focus on so much on something and, and you got fooled every single time it didn't happen once you were like oh i learned it happened a lot and mm-hmm. even that first scene when um i forget the character's name you mentioned it the very first girl the the stu- the art the um PhD student kills herself. Laura. Laura, when Rose is looking after she makes the call, do you realize like the room is like an Ikea room or something? Like there's literally like barely any furniture. It's really bright furniture. So modern and and diet, like, like hard angles um and yeah. the furniture too like nothing is comfortable <laughs> it no like- and it's like a complete it's not like a crazy room like you know a white padded it's like and there's like yellow roses mm-hmm. that, or mm-hmm. yellow flowers that that broke 
So it's just like, there was always this like feeling of safety. And I think that kind of like octopus out from, from the idea of the smile. Cause the smile is supposed to be like, Oh, they smiled at me. And it was just like, don't smile. Don't smile. <laughs> Literally for a week after that movie, we were all doing that to each other all the time. Like the oh, band God. was just doing like, like at That's each so other. Funny. We have several pictures of everybody doing it at this point, but. Did, uh, did y'all see the marketing they were doing for this movie where they had people at sports games, sports games. I can't think of what sport <laughs> it was. <laughs> and uh, and uh, on like ABC News or Good Morning America, like, you know, that famous window in Times Square where people are out there with their, uh, with their um, posters. Um, there were people there that were doing the smile. I think this movie and Megan have done such a great job in out of the box uh marketing yeah very um uh taking advantage of the type of world we live in where things go viral things are made for tiktok like that's just the world that we live in and that's the future generations and i think those two movies did a really great job of making those viral moments where even if you don't see a trailer for the movie you're like what the hell is this you know about it yeah so i thought so too i agree i thought it was really really well done Mm -hmm. so after laura dies we find out uh gotta give a statement to the police and that's where we see joel played by horror luminary kyle gallner uh as a detective comes in answering questions and then uh, you find out later him he and rose kind of had a relationship uh clearly it didn't end well as she's now engaged to Trevor, who I know is a train from the boys, played by Jesse Usher. And um, things, things are weird. You can see that Rose has some family issues. She doesn't like her sister. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and things get weird. Now, I remember um, the scene where uh, after the alarm goes off in Rose's place, and she gets the call that's not actually from security. And then the cops show up and and that, and then she's looking for her cat and she can't feed the cat. And I know automatically what's gonna happen. <laughs> but what I'm still baffled by is why Chelsea didn't know at the nephew's birthday party that the cat absolutely was going to be in the present box. I mean, to give myself a little bit of credit, yeah, because I realized there were other people I was talking to who watched the movie, and I said, I knew the cat was dead, like, cat's cat's a goner, but I just didn't put two and two together, and that it was going to be in the birthday gift box. I will say, backtracking a little bit, talking about theater experience, um, as Rick knows, I didn't particularly enjoy our theater experience of this movie. I'm definitely spoiled when it comes to going to places like Alamo or Nighthawk or movies where um, the audience is not texting and talking. Where people um, know when to shut the fuck up. Exactly. And so I get, um, like, my my anxiety is pretty well medicated, but I do get kind of overstimulated sometimes when various, uh, very contrasting um, situations are happening in front of me. And I was feeling anxious from the movie already because the movie is in, is anxiety within two hours. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what it is and that's what it's meant to do. So you're feeling dread and anxiety and the audience, it was not a good theater audience. Like everybody was kind of whispering and talking. The people next to me um, were, were consistently talking. They even left before the movie ended. And I thought that was just fascinating, but I was getting so anxious from it. And usually I don't have a problem telling people to shut the fuck up. But for some reason, my anxiety was just almost crippling in a way like that I couldn't I was just like I just want to get through this movie like I was like this is so annoying and um and so I I'm glad I rewatched the movie because it actually made me 
not care for the movie because I was just like I was just anxious about everything I couldn't enjoy it like I yeah. you know and so when watching it again this week I I enjoyed it a lot more but I will say I feel like maybe that took me out of situations where I wasn't putting like two plus two equals four um because when I watched it again I was like oh yeah okay sequence of events it, I, it makes sense that the cat was in the box, but I was, yeah, I was taken aback by it. I knew the cat was dead, but when that boy pulls out a dead cat, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's what I thought when he pulled it out. Like these, these are the things that I mean that it's like just slightly, it's like rock, walking that line between making me like be so um, disgusted, I guess that it's like, but it's like really close to it. I don't know, like if that was intended with the director or not. Um, but, but I can tell you that I was like, why is he pulling it out of the bot? Like, why didn't like, why don't they do a shot on the bot? Like, you know, I just think that way. And, but when he pulled it out, it's like, that's even more creepy. Yeah. And then just, I remember in the theater, it's funny, Chelsea, cause you said how anxiety producing it was. We were in a theater with just the five of us uh it was me travis brianna chris and mike and um we were watching it and it was funny because we all know kind of our reactions except the new guy mike who was like laughing every time he was terrified uh, which was really funny but i think the only other people in the theater were like two seats down from us and they were equally as terrified but when you say the movie created things like that you were anxious i can tell you there was nobody else there to make me anxious in the entire movie i was genuinely anxious like it created yeah. and, and i didn't like that feeling like it no, wasn't it was good but the, 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 the jump scares really to me made it in the theater mm -hmm. um and the more it's like one of those movies that the more i thought about it like later and even that night i was like god it was so good it was such a good movie. like it was so well done and the shots were so good and like i'm like my god and and you know when you're talking it over with everybody you're like oh what yeah. about this part or this part yeah. So it was like one of those kind of like ones that wasn't just popcorn, popcorn movie, as they might say, or I've heard lately. Um, it was like really, really, really like, I was like, I haven't had an emotional experience like that in a movie probably ever. Like Hereditary, it's, it's like terrified me only because I don't like levitation at all. And like, <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with levitation. I probably like, saw Tony Collette and was like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm what done. <laughs> and she's like in the corner i'm like that's not who tony collette is so i was like nope done with that movie but so that kind of upset me but it didn't it's a different upset that that this movie caused for sure and, and though i didn't enjoy the feeling i definitely appreciated it like i appreciated that a movie could do that to me i was like totally. I don't know what he did but yeah that was a good movie well done <laughs> well done my friend <laughs> yeah so as Rose continues to have her descent into madness, which is you know legitimate, she's at least still trying to figure stuff out. And she, along with uh, the help of Joel, kind of notices that there's a chain, much like the ring or it follows. There are rules, and you got to try to figure out the thing of breaking the chain and hopefully surviving. So every four to seven days, somebody witnesses a gruesome fucking suicide. And then they later on commit suicide in front of a witness. And they discover that there's only one person that has broken the chain. Uh, he's currently incarcerated. He's played by the actor who played Turk in Daredevil, whose name I can't find right now. So we're just gonna refer to him as Turk and move on. And he said, you gotta commit a murder. Make it grisly, make sure somebody sees it, make a mess of it. And uh, yeah, to a lot of people, that's not an option. But we might not be those people. So do you think if you were besieged by this entity, you could kill someone in public in order to survive? Or are you a good person that would be like, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm killing myself before you get to me and I'm doing it in private. Because I think I'd be the second one. <laughs> which which is the second? The one that's the good person? I, I, I would go kill myself with no witnesses and stop the chain that way. Wait, was that an option? No, that's one I just made up myself. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Well, that's kind of what Rose was trying to do by going off into the cabin. and But she thought she was going to make it out alive. Nah, honey. <laughs> 
No, you should have learned from your pappy with because uh, he survived tremors. Doesn't mean everybody survives a hormone. Whatever happened, like not to change the subject real quick, but did did I don't remember what happened with that guy when they when they were in the jail and because he was like, "Don't bring this to me." I don't I don't remember what happens in that scene, and I think my guess is they took him back to his cell, and uh, Joel and Rose just left. Yeah, I okay. think nothing like remarkable happened. I think he was just taken back to his cell. Okay, he was upset. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Rightfully upset. so. I'd be like, girl, <laughs> in jail. Justifiable. this. So, um, well, what do you do? You want to answer first, Chelsea? Sure. I <laughs> if I like how, how Zuzu is like. I want to see how somebody else answers. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm going to say. Like Rick, Rick has the quick answer because he's a weirdo. And I'm going to be the one stepping in shit here. Um, you know, there's some factors. If it was someone who is absolutely terrible and they're a murderer or they have done yeah. like sexual assault or they have done unspeakable, unspeakable things, I think i could hypothetically because we're being recorded hypothetically mm -hmm. hypothetically allegedly allegedly figuratively. figuratively maybe kill that person um if i knew like if i just knew um i don't know if i would ever i don't know it's a lot to 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 kill yourself and we're about to get so deep i don't i i don't know if i do what you did rick and just make sure i i'd almost do the wait and see approach and then maybe that keeps the chain going because i'm like maybe maybe i just won't <laughs> but uh i don't know i feel like maybe maybe i would i would allegedly hypothetically commit the murder if it was someone who was like atrocious um, I, I, i've resigned myself to the role and the harm movie if i sacrifice myself for the greater good it's what we do uh there's a board game play called ravine that we've played a few times zuzu oh, where where a group uh has a plane crash and everyone has to band together to survive and i'm usually the one taking the chances and scavenging for food while someone else who's a host of this podcast is like you know what i don't feel like scavenging right now like the mouthy one on yellow jackets <laughs> like the mouthy one <laughs> i'm just saying when all of you are like you gotta do it you gotta do it it makes me not want to do it define like, <laughs> you're alive yeah so yeah, Zizi, what would what would you do? What's Honestly, I, I I I'm kind of going to like when you just brought up the the plane crash. I go like we really don't know who we'd be in those circumstances, but I'm pretty sure I'm capable of. Just like somebody broke in here and tried to kill me, I I, I used to say no, I couldn't. I was like now I'm like yeah, I could like let me you're gonna come in here and try to like I'm not gonna like I, I mean. I think the hesitation is what'll kill you, like with things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, I have to, you know, I, I don't want to judge who's good or bad, but I realized in the movie, she kind of was like, he's the one who's always saying, we're going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're going to die. I'm going to die. Your mom's going to die. Like, so I feel like she chose him for a reason. Like, you know, like he knows he's going to die anyway, and he's being tortured by it. So let me kill him kind of thing. Yeah. In that situation, I feel like I could do it for mm -hmm. sure. Um, when it's kind of like obvious for that, but then you can get into the whole philosophical conversation of like, well, can you heal from that? And can you become a different person from that? And it's like, yes, I believe you can. So then I'd be like, well, now I'm killing an innocent person again, which doesn't feel good. But I always go back to this idea of like, if you were in this, in a situation like that, I'm not just walking around in my everyday, no, I wouldn't kill somebody. Of course, I wouldn't even, I don't care even what they did, I still, don't feel like that's my place to do it right however if i'm being mentally tortured i'm not good with that and uh i don't know that i make good decisions and <laughs> i probably would be like yeah let's kill someone <laughs> like you know what i mean um if i'm being honest so well it's kind of like um have you seen drag me to hell 
I have. Yes. So I rewatched it recently with my roommate because we were just like, we both haven't seen this in a long time. Let's watch it. And it's and a great movie. It, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. I enjoy it. And that girl absolutely gets what she deserves. And I especially figured she got what she deserves when she when uh they tell her like oh you can make a sacrifice and she just kills that kitten like it's nothing and i'm like i could never i could never same yeah no i'll i'll die before doing that especially an animal i don't know why but i really if you said that was like an animal i'd be like no right like if it was like I don't know, a scorpion, maybe. I don't know why I'm picking on a scorpion. And I'm like, well, yeah, I could probably kill a scorpion too. So I'm just trying to pick something that isn't cute and cuddly and like and can kill you. And again, it can kill you. So kill or be killed, right? So I'm sorry, scorpion lovers, but I would sacrifice a scorpion. (laughs) Anyway, that was digressing a little bit. But I just thought of that. I was like, no, that's the thing I could not do. But she was so like. Huh, okay, and grabs like a butcher knife and goes towards the kitten. And I'm like, did you think about this at all? You were just like, well, this is the animal that's closest to me. Uh, Good Lord. She got me. We're going into the blonde bank teller in Drag Me to Hell, who we've talked about previously on this episode. If you're going to put an old lady out on the street, you get what you got coming to you. Yep. Now, now, I also liked the the aspect of this movie that Jill deals with generational trauma and 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 families not always being great. And that's when we come to Dr. Madeline Northcutt, who's played by the lovely Robin Weigert, who uh, I'm sure Zuzu remembers as the uh, club lawyer in Sons of Anarchy, but it took a minute for me to realize she played Calamity Jane on Deadwood, and I didn't recognize her because she was clean. I genuinely forgot that she that's who she was, that she was the lawyer in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, that's what I immediately thought of. I feel like that's the last thing I saw her in was Sons of Anarchy. I don't know. She's probably done a lot more. Yeah, but as Calamity Jane on Deadwood, I just think of her being drunk and yelling cocksucker all the time. Yeah, <laughs> with a hat and just dirt on her face. So. Mm-hmm. And in the one scene where she took a hot bath, she like gets in the tub, I'm like, oh, I burned my snatch. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's running through my head for a good portion of this theater experience. I actually thought her smile was the creepiest. It <laughs> was. Because of, of, of all the liquid, it's a very wet smile. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how that's she, like, possible. Purses her lips when she does the smile is very unsettling. I think it was in the trailer too. And I was like, oh, good God. And then, so I knew it would be coming, but when she starts doing it, I was, ugh, I it's so slow. So it slow. Lowest smile, I think, in the whole movie. Yeah. When Ugh. she gets the call, alert, uh, Rose gets the call from her on the phone and she's sitting in front of her at the slowest smile and her face looked like like chipmunk cheeks like it looked like her eyes almost disappeared did you notice that and it was Mm -hmm. like it was all the this part of the face like the bottom half of the face i feel like that was her audition (laughs) they were like do this smile and then someone probably passed out and they were like okay you got it (laughs) (laughs) she's got the part forever yeah i thought the part where the side the profile view when she was like leaking all the liquid from her mouth Mm -hmm. and she grabbed rose's face reminded me of like a predator or an alien like yeah like a monster would like salivate it was it really gave that inhuman part like that was probably the first time for me that i felt that the entity wasn't one of the people smiling you know it's, I mean? it's very reminiscent of uh, the scene in Alien 3 where the alien confronts Sigourney Weaver and it's just as wet. Uh, but yeah, so it's 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 on and popping and Rose decides she's going to fuck off to nowhere and try to figure this out. And she she deals with, uh, which is, is clearly traumatizing. Um, you're out there, crazy, uh, substance abusive mom that you just kind of let die from from an overdose because uh, you didn't want to help her. And, and dealing with that and dealing with that generational trauma and what made her think that this was going to be the thing that lets her conquer the entity, I don't know. 
it didn't work. And Joel shows up at the end when the entity is one and Rose lights her ass on fire. So you know what that means. There's probably going to be a sequel. <laughs> Smile too coming. So, so what would you like to see in the upcoming film, if there is one? I haven't heard the pivots, but you know, it made money. Why wouldn't there be more? Yeah, that's what I think. I think it would be cool to see another one. I, you know, um, I I wouldn't want it to be the same exact thing. You know what I mean? Like there has to be an additional twist on there to make it kind of engaging or interesting. Um, I know this is totally a reach, but when I went to see Friday the 13th yesterday, I realized I never saw the original Friday the 13th. So it was like a new movie to me um, in a completely different time period. And I... I've seen other ones. Like, I think, Rick, you suggested I see uh, the fifth one, was it, when he's in New York? Eight. Eight. Oh, that was... That, that was okay, part eight. eight. Jason takes Manhattan, because the That's girl right. with the flying V, yeah. I'm convinced, has your essence. Yeah. And I told the band that, I was like, you know, I went to see it out of ego, because I wanted to see it. <laughs> but I ended up watching it, like, the whole thing. Yeah, she, um, don't, she don't last long, but she reminds yeah. me of you. She definitely, thank you, actually. Of she doesn't last long. She should have lasted. But um, but yeah, I think like there has to be like, you know, either I don't think in this type of movie, like just a different setting or a different set of characters, it needs to have some other twist because I mean, it's cool. But I mean, I think uh, I don't know what I want to see. I, I think I want to I feel like I want some resolution as to like what's happening and why like as to where it started and why it's happening, maybe would be cool. Um. I still don't want there to be a resolution at the end. I think that's what makes some things so creepy is there's no like calming hug at the end of the movie. Like it's like, no, this is really the brutal aspect of life. And um, but yeah, I think I'd like to know where it started and why it started. Or maybe just where it started would be an interesting story because then I can figure out my own reasons as to why it started. Yeah, I agree. I think I would I would want to see, yeah, the origins or some some type of explanation. I usually find things to be scarier when they're not explained, but this type of thing, I'm like, just maybe where it started or who the first is it possible to track who the first, you know, person was that this happened to. That would be really interesting. Um I think that's that's the biggest thing I would want to see. Definitely not a repetition of like the pacing and such. Um, I don't know if there's if there needs to be a generational trauma aspect to it again because it works really well in this one, especially when at first you may just assume, oh, she just saw her mom die, but then when you realize, oh, she just, which I mean. You, you can't really blame a kid obviously but um the the mother was saying help me or call someone I can't remember and she didn't like that's a whole other thing yeah um so I think uh yeah some some type of explanation it would be great if Kyle Gallner was the one um who was the lead for it so maybe it takes place like directly after what happened uh, as frustrated as I was, as I'm sure everybody was, I was like, turn around, just turn around, <laughs> just don't watch it. <laughs> and I know that's easier to like say and such, it's a simplification for sure. But I think everybody was like, turn around. <laughs> I, I agree. You gotta have some answers, but too many answers make it less scary. Yeah. yeah. So but, not uh, too many answers, just some type of, you know, something to, to show some, my history of it something, something. Something. I think so. of, of, a, of a lot of something something um since since we last spoke to you you put out another album oh yes we did and poured <laughs> on it it's called bloom and it's fucking fantastic Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you like, you know, you, you and you, I'm like waiting. I always say this to Travis when we're writing, I'm like, man, we're going to put one out. People are going to hate it. And I'm just waiting for that one to happen. And so far, so good. We're a few in now. I mean, <laughs> cool. it's three in, but we did like three before that, I think. So we're like six in now. I'm like, so far, so good. Keep, uh, we keep putting something out that especially like people that like you like you guys know our stuff from mm -hmm. a while now so that is where we really look to see 
because you know somebody new is doesn't have the backstory kind of and the music backstory so it's we're always trying to keep our well, I don't think we're actively trying to keep them anyway I don't know what I'm talking about anyway I'm glad you like the album I'm really happy it finally released it took a year to release because of the vinyl you know back back order of like when everybody came out of quarantine everybody released everything and yeah so we literally were finished record we started in I think mid-August of la- of 21 and we finished by and the only reason it took us this long this time is because we had to break it up in terms of um because everybody's coming out kind of a quarantine at once band wise on our label a lot of people are using the studio so normally we get it done we sit in there for like two weeks and we do it every day and we just stay and I like that because you start hearing other things and you're in a flow with it but this time we did it over like so it started mid-August and we finished by like late October um so it was done in October of 21. It released October of 22. But um, luckily, we did some songs after that in Sweden that came out well before the album came out, too. So I was um, say, you also did some recording in Sweden, which had to be a blast because that got postponed because you put Dig Your Roots out and then the world shut the fuck down, <laughs> which had to be frustrating. But I got to give you credit. You did a lot of Patreon stuff and like limited releases to just stay creative and, and keep your audience happy and now it's like okay now you're rising like a phoenix uh which makes sense because firebrand is fucking, that's an anthem you like it that's yeah. actually, that wasn't written by us at all that was written by sulu so the whole reason we even wrote went to when we went to sweden we were going to tour now keep in mind again the world shut down so that tour that was supposed to happen uh in the fall uh which we thought may still happen that year until about summer then we're like yeah this is gonna happen and then it was moved to spring and then it was moved to fall so it was moved like twice i guess because we went in fall of 21 and that was amazing and because there was so much time and i ended up talking to um pella who is our tour manager there and who is actually the one who booked all the shows as well He's like, why don't you, I know this guy Sulu and he's a great producer. Why don't you spend like the two days you have off in the studio? And I was like, kind of want to see Sweden, but okay. Like, you know, let's go, we'll go to the studio. But um, Sulu's like, do you want to do a song of mine? Since you're coming to Sweden, you'll do a Swedish artist song. And I was like, sure, that'd be fun. Like it was all kind of like this off the cuff, very casual setup. And he sent me a bunch of songs. I was like, I like this song. Let me see what you know Brianna and Travis think. They liked it, and I was like, "All right, we're, we'll record Firebrand." And I said, "I'd like to do a cover." And right before we went out there, I didn't know what cover we were going to do. I figured we'll just pick it that day or something. <laughs> no, um, I heard my Sharona on a playlist, and I was like, "Man, no one would dare cover this because it's like already you can't change it." Like I was like, "We're," I'm like trying to listen to like where could you change it? But it made me so happy to hear it. I was like we should cover this song because I think I just heard, I think Travis had just shared with me um, Tropical Fuck Storms cover of the Bee Gees. Um, I just like the name Tropical Fuck Storm. Yeah, well, I was just like, who now? And he's like, Tropical Fuck Storm. I'm like, okay. Of course. Um, but it was they're, like, it was a They're like electric machine gun tits. Everybody knows them. <laughs> like, I didn't know who that was. So he um, played it for me and I was like, huh, they just did it just like the Bee Gees song but they just added their own, like themselves to it. Like they just threw themselves into the the song. They didn't, the solo is like a little white, like it's kind of almost like sarcastic, I guess, towards that, what would be a solo there. But um, so it had a vibe to it. And I was like, we should just do it like that. So when we went to Sweden, we did. And, and, um, and Sulu just, you know, he produced both songs and we were really happy with how they came out. Firebrand I loved because yeah, exactly the same thing. It was very anthem-like and what it was about. And I'd never really heard, or at least that I could remember anybody calling like somebody a firebrand. I'm like, that's such a rare word, you know? Um, So it's so funny that a Swedish guy would write a song called Firebrand. I was like, that's not really a word I hear in common language. So I thought that's pretty cool. Like. so yeah so that's why we did it and it was really fun and easy to do and and i kind of think we were all at this state when we recorded too we were so relaxed because we literally just finished recording the b-side to the single uh um do 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 heartbreaker 
like the day before we flew out to Sweden. So we were like a big collective, ah, it's done. It's finally done. We weren't sure if it was going to be done. Cause it's like Steven walks in and you don't know how many days that's going to last. You know what I mean? And so it's, um, but yeah, it was, it was fun and it was really nice. I knew I was like 2022 is going to be like lots of releases, <laughs> like lots of music out from Soraya. And then we're going to have to sit back and write it right again. And, but I think this year we're going to release some things that are, um just independent uh like old we 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 found all sorts of things like radio interviews radio performances i was like that'd be a really cool thing to release plus we also recorded a couple more songs in sweden with sulu again last june that we haven't released yet so Ooh. i was like maybe this is year to write and maybe release a single or mm-hmm. or um at least release the unreleased stuff and then maybe That's some fun. And it's the 15th anniversary for Shed the Skin, so we'll, we're going to release that as well. Later. Yeah. And just yesterday, I believe, uh, I might be incorrect because, you know, I was feverish and hazy. You announced your spring tour dates. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so on March 24th, Chelsea, um, we're going. Uh, it's a Friday. <laughs> I think it's, it's Berlin under A? Yes, New York City. That's, that's where we'll be. That is where and, we'll be. And you can go to SorayaRocks.com if I'm not mistaken, get all that information. Soraya.com slash tour, I think. Soraya.com slash tour. Actually, go to Soraya.com because I don't, I'm not sure if it's still slash tour or not, but you'll see the tour link. I should know these things. We're going we're gonna to put all the- You're not the all... one going on there buying tickets. So. <laughs> I don't even know. It's updated. I do know that because I did that yesterday because I was like, those dates aren't happening anymore. We should probably take them down. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. But they're up to date now. And the tour poster, I, I, I couldn't really, I couldn't wait to share the tour poster even more than the dates, which is weird, but that, that is weird. <laughs> so it's so pretty though. I love it. There's a whole story behind both the last two posters. So I'm finally going to tell the story in a post closer to the first show, I think. All right, cool. So yeah. that, that's a little teaser, but yeah. So, so uh, if I'm not working and uh, if, if, if Chelsea's not exhausted, uh, we're going to be there right up front for some hot, sweaty rock and roll. Oh, that's yeah, I, what you get. <laughs> I, put it on, I put it on my calendar. I, I will be there. That's right. I'm, I'm becoming a calendar person because I'm not an organized person. So I'm starting to put things on a calendar. Smart. <laughs> yeah, right. It took me 31 years to think maybe I should start putting things on a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> it be that way sometimes. <laughs> So Zuzu, tell the people where they can find you if they want to find you. If they want to find us, they can check us out on Soraya.com. Has all like the tour dates, and I'm actually going to update that later this month. So that'll be really updated if you want to hit it in February. Uh, and then all tour dates are on Soraya.com, and uh, any of our social media, Instagram, TikTok. Well, TikTok, I'm not as good at, but I'd say Instagram and is the most up to date, and Facebook and our website. So that's where you find us. It's always at Soraya Rocks is always our handle on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. And, and there's shenanigans too sometimes. Yes, and there's Bandcamp. There's Bandcamp, um, which I don't know that. But if you look up Soraya Bandcamp, you'll find us. Right. That, that's where I tend to get the stuff because I like to download with the pretty violins. Yep. It's just my thing. I also like that they have all our releases on there. I think that's pretty cool. It's like that whoever did that page did a fantastic job. <laughs> it's like I would never have done a good job like that. So Take advantage have... on a Bandcamp Friday. Support artists. Yes, please. Chelsea, where can the people find it if they want? Uh, just on Instagram and Twitter. If you look up Chelsea Bennington, I'm I'm right there, and you'll more than likely just see my cat. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. You can check out Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Spooky Doings on Instagram. I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on Twitter. And it's been a pleasure. And hopefully, we're going to put it right out there. Rihanna, cocaine bear, it's happening. It's going to be a platonic (laughs) date. I will buy you a corsage. I will kiss your cheek at the door. But you need to come to New York so we can watch this movie together. (laughs) That would be awesome. And I'll sing to you as Tom Waits just to sweeten the pot. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, short story before we sign off. Uh, when me and beautiful lady went to the Mahonic Drive in Pennsylvania, we got obsessed with the Wawa. 
because 7-Eleven is pretty bitchly in New York. And I don't know why I just started singing songs about the Wawa man as Tom Waits and sending these voice messages to Brianna because she'd be amused by it. So, the first sip is the sweetest. The last sip is the saddest. May God bless you and keep you. Dear Wawa. <laughs> when did Tom Waits walk in here? I know, right? And I didn't know he loved Wawa so much. I know. And he, I think you being having that like sickness has made you way oh, more yeah. crazy. It, it has. It has. <laughs> so That's we're keeping it we're keeping it silly. And uh, you know, this is what happens when I don't get to improvise as much. <laughs> But thank you again for being on the show. We kept two minutes over, but that's okay because you love us and you're gonna let us slide. <laughs> it was it was my pleasure. Thanks for bringing me on. Thanks for talking about Smile with me. Always. Anytime you got an open door, thank you. Come on here and we'll get silly. All right. So everybody else, stay good, stay healthy. I haven't. Stay spooky. I have. Bye. <laughs>